You are now listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This is episode 16. Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This is episode 16, and we're going to be talking about colon cancer in the African-American community. And if you want today's show notes, please go to drpierresblog.com forward slash LLP 016. Again, if you want today's show notes, please go to drpierresblog.com forward slash LLP 016. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the effects of colon cancer, specifically on the African-American community. I'm going to kind of go into the the reasons why we even have to really focus on the African-American community, which um, you'll see once we start talking about some of the numbers is very obvious. We'll talk about how African-American communities actually face since about 1999, almost 18 years since we really made a big effort in trying to uh, treat and deal with colon cancer. Well, I'm going to talk about some of the biggest disparities and how your physician uh, can help. And in the end of it all, we're going to talk about why it's such a public health crisis, um, colon cancer specifically in the African-American community. So sit back and get ready to listen to a great episode. I really wanted to kind of hone in on what it means in the African-American community, right? Just for, um, you know, just some for uh, unfortunate disclosure, uh, when we talk about colon cancer and we talk about African-American community, uh, things that we know right off the bat, we know that African-American community are uh, affected at a much higher rate uh, than every other group. And this is men and women. Franz, what's going on, Joe? Uh, we know that um, the mortality rate, like as far as like if you get colon cancer and you die, we know that African-American community is affected at a much higher rate. Um, depending on what study we read, sometimes up to 30 to 40 percent higher um, just to be African-American uh, to be diagnosed with colon cancer. And I think one of the biggest one of the biggest things that we've seen um, when we when we talk about colon cancer is the fact that uh, for many, when we get diagnosed, we're getting diagnosed at a much later age. Uh, we're getting diagnosed at a much not even later age. Even what's worse, we're getting diagnosed at a much later stage as well. So by the time they first diagnose, you know, um, us with colon cancer, uh, we're further along than other groups. Um, by the time. Uh, some one of the doctors even you know mentioned even broached the subject of colon cancer. Um, we're much further along. Um, studies are, from a guideline perspective, we like to test patients for colon cancer at about uh, age 50, starting off. But there's been studies that have shown that you know we should actually be testing, especially our African American uh, community, at a much younger age. Sometimes uh, 45, even so I've seen some as young as 40. Um, and a lot of that just kind of happens to deal with the family history associated with colon cancer. We know, again, if you have a family history of colon cancer, um, everyone behind that should be diagnosed or even screened at a much earlier age. And we know that we're actually missing the ball on that front as well. So not only, again, and I really take this to heart, especially as from a from the physicians. Like we'll we'll talk about what the patients do for a second, right? But I always like to, you know, give the. Um, Give the rationale of the physicians. Like, so what are physicians not doing to like really kind of correct this uh, from total, you know, 
colon, colon, colorectal cancer, colon cancer and rectum cancer, uh, third most leading cause, or second or third most leading cause of cancer uh, diagnosed and cancer-related deaths in the African-American community, right? So this isn't like a, uh, you know, a disease that kind of comes every now and then. This is a, one that's affecting us um, in droves, but yet we're still not um, doing a great job, especially as physicians, as educating our patients, um, educating their risk. We know that uh, the risk um, of being African-American just puts you at, just, just the fact that you're African-American, you're at a much higher risk for colon cancer. Um, certain ages, much higher risk for colon cancer. There's even been studies that shown that there are certain diets, like for us majority, for African-Americans, um, we tend to have higher fat intake, lower fiber diets. And there are some studies that have shown that those that combination alone uh, can cause some issues where uh, the, the risk of having colon cancer is a little bit higher. And then, so those those are a couple, you know, diets. So of course, you know, we, we had to touch on diet. Um, uh, cigarettes, of course, you know, you you already know if you've been watching any of my lunch lines, you already know how I feel about cigarettes. Cigarettes can definitely cause um, an increased risk of colon cancer. Uh, we talked about from a physician's standpoint, we're not sending our patients to the gastroenterologist because those are the ones who usually do the colonoscopies. We're not sending them early enough. We're not sending them frequently enough. Um, and we're not even educating them to get to that point. So let's talk about let's talk about the, the patient, right? So we're not gonna, you know, strictly dump on the physicians. Let's talk about the patients. Like what are what are patients doing, right? Um, perception is a huge, huge um, uh, risk factor and a huge like wall that even I have to deal with on a consistent basis. Um, and this is in particular when I'm talking to the men. Especially to so to the men of uh, who are watching this, uh, to perception of a colonoscopy, um, I hear a lot that you know I don't have I don't want nobody sticking no tube up my butt, right? Um, and they're like for some reason they're they're definitely afraid of somebody sticking a tube up their butt. Um, they're not afraid of getting colon cancer, but just the fact that that test happens to you know stick a camera up there, but they don't want any parts of it. So you have just that perception of. Um, and again, I'm not sure if it's homophobia. I'm not sure what the exact, probably a little homophobia. I'm not sure what the actual like issue is, uh, but just the fact that they don't want that the quote unquote tube up there. But and I've heard this, heard that phrase, you know, multiple times. They don't want the tube up there, but and that's enough to like put off colon cancer. Now, for my, my African American women, especially my um, patient uh, population, you know, I don't really hear that that often. You know, a lot of times they're like, nah, I just I just don't want to do it. Um, and even when you know, I, and I ask, I say, "Well, do you do you want colon cancer?" Because that's usually my first rebuttal. Any patient of mine's, if it's time for you to get that colonoscopy, and I say, you know, hey, you know, it's time for you to get the colonoscopy, like I don't even uh, talk to them as if it's a suggestion anymore. Because before, you know, and, and I realize, especially with patients and patients, you know, with patient choice, right? If you give the patient a choice, like, hey. Um, do you want me to send you to a gastroenterologist to do a test where they're going to take a camera up your butt? A lot of times they're probably going to be hesitant, right? But if I'm, I make it almost like a demand, like, okay, hey, we're going to do blood work. Um, we're going to, you know, I'm checking diabetes. I'm going to check your cholesterol. I'm also going to send you to the gastroenterologist to get your colonoscopy. So I almost make it seem like it's a direct, like, action, right? And a lot of patients will go for it. A lot of patients, if you pretty much tell them, like, hey, you're getting this colonoscopy, um, unless you forcibly say no, they'll just go ahead and get the colonoscopy because they, they won't even argue for it. But if you give patients that, you know, that leeway of choice, uh, that, that's when you start getting those ones that... Uh, 
uh, are extremely hesitant. So definitely I want to make sure, like especially from a physician standpoint and trying to educate other physicians who may be watching this, one of the, the key tricks I like to do, because I get a lot of my patients do colonoscopies, because in, in my practice, you know, it's it's standard. Like they know like, you're going to see me for a blood work, blood pressure check, diabetes check, and you're also going to see that gastroenterologist for your colonoscopy. Like, there's, there's not even really a discussion of why you need it. Like, I just say, nope, it's that time, and you need to get it. Um, and physicians, you know, we just have to keep asking. We have to be extremely persistent. We know... Um, it works when we're with, with cigarette smokers. If we're persistent in our cigarette smokers and you know making them you know quote unquote feel bad for smoking cigarettes, um, eventually they'll smoke. They'll stop smoking cigarettes. We know that. Like the studies are already there. So the same thing happens with your colonoscopies. But we as physicians, we're at one where we're easily swayed to like say like okay they don't want it, so I'm, I'm not going to ask anymore. Um, and two, um, we're, we're just not asking enough. We're just not doing enough digging. We're not asking if there's any family history of colon cancer, stomach cancer, um, rectal cancer. We're not asking those questions um, that would prompt us to send these patients uh, to uh, the gastroenterologist much sooner. Because in the unfortunate fact, right, 90%, right, and I'm not even... You know, I, and I even fact-checked this number a few times. 90% of colon cancer uh, is preventable. Because all colon cancers, all of them, start out as little tiny polyps. Little tiny polyps that when you get your colonoscopy, um, the gastroenterologists, our stomach doctors, um, see them, remove them, and then boom. We don't have to worry about it for another three to five years. But patient, and, and so again, so when you hear that, uh, uh, all it takes is one colonoscopy, one procedure to take a little polyp that's usually usually starts out like millimeters, right? Not even like inches or like centimeters, like millimeters. Sometimes three, four, or five millimeter polyps um, will eventually grow to be cancer. Like it's, this is not a I can let a polyp grow and nothing's gonna happen. No, no. If you allow a polyp to grow in your colon, you will get colon cancer. Like that's just. Like that's just kind of where we're at right here now. If you allow a polyp to grow, you will get colon cancer. So the fact that we're in, one, we're not sending our patients, and two, now I'm talking to you patients, the, the fact that you know your perception of that procedure is not allowing you uh, to even get that done. You know, it's 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 you know it's it's hurtful, right? It's it's hurtful and it's a shame, right? Because and it's a shame, especially when you see your. 50-year-olds, your 60-year-olds, uh, your 70-year-old um, patients diagnosed with colon cancer. And by the time they get, you know, especially when they get at the later, older stage, you know, then we're starting talking about, you know, surgery and all these things that we know, again, could have been avoided. And um, kind of backtrack, we know that, again, as an African-American male, um, I am not only am I more likely to have colon cancer, not only am I more likely to be diagnosed at a later stage, I'm also more likely to die from it, right? So, like, all of these factors are kind of stacked against us, but yet, but still, in the front end, we're not doing the job that we need to do to get them there, right? Um, and, and again, I th it's, it's a two-part thing. Um, I think patient healthcare and, uh, you know, where, where are we going is really trying to put a lot of the onus back on the patient. I, I'm, I'm big on that, too. I'm, I'm big on letting the patient kind of take control of their health only when I know it's like they're doing it for the greater good, right? I got some patients where they're like, oh, no, I, I just want, you know, the, the stool test that I mail away. And, you know, when they want that, again, because they're really trying to avoid this, you know, this tube up there, but... Uh, so when they do that, I let them know right off the bat, like, yeah, we can, I can send you for the stool card test, right? And, and what it is is, and we'll sometimes, I'll sometimes do that for patients who may be in between colonoscopies, because our colonoscopies go about every 
three to every three to five years, every five to ten years, just depending on if they find anything. But if they don't happen to, um, let's say they have a colonoscopy last year, right? And now they're you know a year two, they're year two, year three. Um, I may start early, uh, especially if they find polyps. I'll I'll start sending them with stool carts early, just to make sure there's no early signs of bleeding or something that I need to be worried about uh, in the future. Because, I mean, that's really, again, and this is all preventative care. Everything is preventative, preventative, preventative. Because we know one, like, we know it saves lives. We sa- It saves money. You know, you guys were, you know, especially in, in health care. And um, all you hear these days is how the cost of health care saves a lot of money. It's much cheaper to do a colonoscopy, right, than to do surgery to take part of your colon, to do surgery to have, like, a bag, where, you know, instead of defecating out, you know, your rectum, now you're defecating in a bag that sits in your It's much, much more cheaper to do that, right? So um, if you, if I told you all you have to do is get, you know, a tube stuck up your butt. And again, I hate to call it, I hate to belittle the colonoscopy like that, but that's really for your majority of your... Um, your patients and then just from education level, that's how they really kind of perceive what a colonoscopy is, a tube up their butt. Um, you know, if I told you that, all you have to do is get this tube up your butt for that a good, I think it's like 15 to 30 minutes at most, right? Usually most of your good GIs can get in and out of there in like 15 to 20 minutes. So over 15, 20 minutes, you're, you'd rather deal with having um, surgery to take part of your colon out. You rather having to deal with chemotherapy, radiation therapy, having uh, to poop with a bag stuck to your stomach. Like if you want to do all of that, you know, be my guest, right? Uh, but just remember that, uh, you know, it was your choice, right? And I think a lot of times, especially for my patients, once I put them in that corner, like once I tell them like, like this is your option here, you got option A, option B, they usually just go ahead and get the colonoscopy. I got a lot of people who won't do the colonoscopy, not even because of the tube up their butt, but because of the prep work that goes into it. And if you're if you're not aware of the prep work, a lot of it, of course, when you were doing a colonoscopy, when you want the when you want the do the colonoscopy, you want to make sure when you go in there, you can see everything. So a lot of the prep work, you, you're drinking this solution. It tastes like Gatorade. I think it's like you know probably like a, maybe a little bit under a gallon or something. Um, but it's to help kind of clear out the system. So a lot of people, and I, I usually tell them like two days before your colonoscopy. You know, you know, call off. You know, try to you know try not to have you know try not to work or do your colonoscopies on Mondays. Uh, that way, throughout the weekend, if you're not working, uh, you can you know do the prep work. Then, because the worst thing, right, is to do all of that prep work, but then you know you try to cheat it. Like you like you know you're supposed to drink the whole gallon, but you only drink like a part of the gallon. And then next thing you know, um, uh, you know they got to do it back. They get, they tell you, well, you know, I really couldn't see much. We got to come back in like a month or we got to come back in a year. So that's that's what you don't want to happen, right? You want to be able to, when it's time to do that procedure, you knock it out, you knock it out fast. So, and again, like I said, I, I definitely wanted to make sure um, that I made a special segment just on, you know, African-Americans and uh, colon cancer because uh, we are unfortunately hit uh, the most like we are unfortunately hit the most and we're just we're just there's nothing um, and, and it's, it's really nothing extra that we need to do right um, again because I'm t- I'm telling you from 1999 the incidence like how many people got colon cancer has declined from 1999 the amount of people who've died from colon cancer has declined the only problem 
The only problem is that uh, we already started at a higher level, right? So uh, in 1999, we were up here, and the rest of the groups are like right here, right? So even though it's declined, like we're still up here, right? We're still, um, we're there's still too many people dying of colon cancer. There's still too many people being diagnosed with colon cancer, um, and you know we have to do it's gonna it's gonna be a two part approach. It's gonna be physician and patient. Um, one physician educating of all of the risk of not being diagnosed, of not being treated. And it's up to the patient to really kind of break down a lot of those stupid stereotypes. And they really are. They're really just stupid stereotypes of not wanting to get the colonoscopy, right? Like, again, um, we're, at the, we're at the point now, again, if you're, if you're worried about a tube, you know, going up your butt, uh, more than you're worried about getting chemotherapy, radiation therapy, um, a bag of stool. Like, again, if you know anyone who has, um, you know, who's had a colostomy, that's what they call them, a colostomy bag. If you know anyone who had a colostomy bag, trust me, they would rather not have to use that colostomy bag. There's not a person who would say, you know what, I like the colostomy bag rather than, you know, pooping out my rectum, right? No one... No one's saying that, right? So if and if they had a choice, they would always rather poop out the rectum. So again, when you when you say I don't want to do a colonoscopy, when you say I don't want to do, you know, that procedure, I don't want to drink the solution. Um, that's pretty much what you're saying. You're saying that I'd rather have all of those other things because I'm not worried about it. And because and I think I think we talked about this in my heart disease lecture, right? Um, in the old days, right? Uh, colon cancer, you may get colon cancer, and you know you, you're not gonna you're not gonna die like a quick death anymore from colon cancer, right? Like we're medical history, medical wise, we're gonna keep you alive, right? We're gonna we're gonna give you the chemotherapy, we're gonna put the bag that, uh, uh, on your stomach, so you know we're gonna make sure that you kind of remember for years and years and years um, the choices you made uh, not getting that colonoscopy ten years ago. So if and, and I have a lot of, I know I have a lot of my replay viewers watching this um so if you know anyone right who is dealing any if any of you are mom dad uh over the age of 40 um really especially African American over the age of we'll just do 50 just for you know uh, it's just the giggles, right? Um, over the age of 50, you know, anyone over the age of 50 and they have not had their colonoscopy yet. Um, um, I'm putting the onus on you as the, the child, the, the cousin, whatever, um, to make sure they get that colonoscopy, right? Like there's no, let's see, there's, there's no question on, um, there's no, we're not, I'm not even blaming older patients anymore because like they're kind of stuck in their ways, right? But if you're, if you're young, you know, you're in your 20s, your 30s, and if you, if you watch episode 23 of the, um, the lunch and learn. You know that the younger population is actually being diagnosed with colon and rectal cancer at a much higher incidence than everybody else, right? So it's not like you young people are like you know immune right to colon cancer, right? Like y'all are actually getting it at a much higher rate than the older population. Uh, but there's no excuse for us to not be educating our moms, our dads, our grandpas, grandpas, uncles, everybody to saying like, hey, if you haven't got your colonoscopy yet, you need to get that taken care of like, like yesterday, right? Like, no, no reason whatsoever. Gina, what's going on? Thank you for joining. Um, so, again, I just want to kind of sign off. I wanted to kind of uh, recap on what we talked about today. We're talking about colon cancer. We're talking about colon cancer, specifically in African-American community. Uh, we're talking about how we, and I, I love to say we because, again, I am a, um, a part of it, um, how we are being affected at a much higher rate. Like, we are being diagnosed at a much higher rate. We are being um, uh, we die at a much higher rate. Um, we are being when and when and if we're lucky and we actually you know get sent for screening, 
we're getting sent for screening at a much later time, at a much later stage of the colon cancer. Because when colon cancer is in its early stage, you know, maybe it's just a quick polyp removal um, and then you're done. Uh, but when it's diagnosed at a later stage, you know, that's when you're talk talking about major surgery. That's when you're talking about getting the colostomy bag. That's when you're talking about chemo. That's when you're talking about all of these things here that we, we know we can avoid. Again, remember this number, 90% of colon cancer, 90, right? 90, not, you know, not even sugarcoating it. It's probably higher. 90% of colon cancer is preventable if we just get that colonoscopy, the 90%. So the fact that this is a cancer that is the number two killer, right? The number two killer of both men and women in the African-American community, and 90% of it is uh, preventable, is a public health problem, uh, and then a medical problem. And then, you know, and so us, we have to kind of come together with some type of common sense to kind of get it together. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. If you want to find out more about the episode, please go to www dot lunch learn pod dot com that's www dot l u n c h l e a r n p o d dot com for the show notes and any links that may have been mentioned in today's episode if you're interested in joining the lunch learn pod community head over to either the website lunch com or join us on facebook and twitter with the same username, Lunch Learn Pod. And again, you can find uh, all of these links on uh, the website. If you have any questions, any comments, or any requests for uh, topics to you know debut on the show, please let that be known. And don't forget to use uh, the hashtag Lunch Learn Pod when you're listening to the episode. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode, and I'll see you next week.